so hello Luke, we just watched uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's brand new film, The Lost Daughter. We certainly did. And uh, did you get lost in the movie? I was completely lost. Were you lost? I was lost in the movie, yes. Not thematically, like I understood what was happening. I just immersed myself in the film. Yeah, it was fantastic, wasn't it? I thought it was great. Yes, it was. Do you know, like, why I picked, wanted to watch this movie tonight? Uh, no. It's our missing co-host, Miss Cassandra Kane. She's the lost daughter. Yeah, I was telling her that you were having a night off from gaming tonight and um, that, you know, you were going to watch a movie with me and it was a sacred event and I was thinking what movie will we watch and she suggested Lost Daughter. Ah, okay, well, yes. Because she loved it. She she did love it and uh, also I was very much looking forward to it because I loved Olivia Colman in The Favourite. Yeah, and how good was she? She was amazing. Like, note perfect the entire time. It's one of the best performances I've seen in a long time. And do you know what? She did not get the Golden Globe. Nicole Kidman got it for Lucy. That's bizarre. (laughs) It's sort of a bit funny, isn't it? I can only imagine it's because maybe this film hasn't had the audience. Oh, of course it is. It's Golden Globes are bored. And, you know, Nicole Kidman is great. I love her. You know, I'm her biggest fan. But come on, like, it's... That was not her best performance. So I have to ask you, what did you think the movie was about? Well, the movie was about motherhood, I think. Yeah. At first, I thought the movie was about how a wrong choice can cause so much pain. But actually, now I think it's more elevated than that. I think it's probably more about the fact that there are no right choices. That, that you make a choice and there'll be good and there'll be bad that come with it. There'll be sacrifices. There'll be hurts. There'll be... Um, just incredible baggage and shit that you carry around with you for the rest of your life. I really loved at the end. I thought it kind of all told the emotion, the feelings that you get being a human in that line where she actually calls Bianca. We find out that Bianca's still alive. Bianca says to her mum, I thought you were dead. And she says, no, I'm not dead. And uh, Bianca says, how are you? And uh, Olivia Coleman says... Uh, Something like, terrible, I'm very much alive. alive. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was really good. That's kind of how the film film felt. Who do you think the the title refers to? Because I think it could refer to a lot of different characters. It sounds like, well, it definitely could be Olivia Colman, based on what we understand of her. On the surface level, you would say that it's Elena. Yeah. But I, I also think it could very much be Bianca. You're saying that because Elena goes missing at the beach and she literally is the lost daughter at one point in the film? That's right. If you're looking at it from the literal sense, it's kind of this is the act that propels the narrative. Yeah. But the title, The Lost Daughter, I think does not necessarily um, belong to her. No, no, no. Because we also, that's intercut with Bianca getting lost at the beach. And Bianca was the one that she said always challenged her. It definitely refers to her as well. I mean, I think the most poignant moment in the movie is when she comes back to see the girls just for the day and she has to work all day to get Bianca to come around to her. Yeah. And it's it's so sad that children have to make that choice that they're separated from a parent and then they're mistrustful and even children at that age understand that even to let their mum brush their hair is giving her something. Mm. And so to withhold that as a way to express your hurt from a little girl and then, of course, the little girl just so desperately wants to see the snake. And so she whispers to her sister, ask mum to do this because she doesn't want to do it. Um, And the idea that, you know, it only took a day and this girl's already breaking back down and wants her mother back. And she's just going to be disappointed because the mum's got a flight to catch. 
and we know that she disappears for years. Mm. So it's just the whole, that was just so heartbreaking to me. It was very heartbreaking. And watching her walk out the door yeah, um, was heartbreaking. But uh, I really liked how it tied together that this stranger at the beach has had two of the, exactly the same experiences. One where her daughter goes missing and she's deathly afraid of that. And then she goes back to the life that she's known as a mother when she finds her daughter and it's too much for her. How did you feel it compared to like different representations of that same kind of thing? I mean... I guess, obviously, you've got films like Kramer versus Kramer. Uh, to me, it felt so different. It just felt like thematically it was about something completely different. Mm-hmm. It was a very personal movie, whereas Kramer versus Kramer is more about bonding. This this was more, this was almost, I don't know, actually, I can see what you're saying, because Kramer versus Kramer is really about a father bonding with a son. Yeah, Kramer versus Kramer compared to The Lost Daughter, Kramer versus Kramer is a buddy movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. This movie was about a woman evaluating her choices and it was about someone who had been repressed. It's interesting how at the end she said, I'm, I'm quite selfish or I am a selfish person. Well, and that conversation that she has with Ed Harris where she says that they're both mean, both cruel. She has a low, a very dim opinion of herself. Uh, kind of comes off in the way that she speaks to other people as well. Mm. She's very off-putting. And she doesn't want to know anybody. She doesn't. She enjoys her own company. It's like she's gone to this beach because she missed out on a lot. Mm. I think she she resents her children for what she missed out on. So what elements of Olivia Coleman are Luke and what elements are Damien? Thinking she was going to her car and it wasn't was definitely me. Yeah. And we both joked about that in the middle of the movie. I mean, you did that like a month ago. <laughs> I do that every month. Yeah. Stealing the doll, that was you. Her sitting on the beach and then hearing the crickets because the whole, that awful family come up. Her sitting in the cinema and then the crickets start because those rowdy boys come in and are spoiling it for everybody. Every time she was enjoying a quiet moment and then somebody just came along. When she was eating dinner and Ed Harris came. Yeah, one of the things that I loved about the movie was that uh, I mentioned it to you as we were watching it, that everything kind of seemed a little bit off there was all of this i mean the film starts with the shot of her collapsing on the beach so it already starts with this i don't know quite major moment that is going to come back around and then in the lead up to that she's away at this idyllic paradise and every interaction she has with people is a little bit off sometimes because of her nature sometimes because of their nature Sometimes just because of little things, and I mentioned to you that frequently people would mispronounce her name, misunderstand that she's um, not Lena, she's Lida, and that uh, her doll's name when she was young was not Nina, it's, it was Mina. So, you know, there's, there's even those little things where she has to correct somebody because it's a little quirk. She definitely didn't enjoy company and didn't really enjoy, doesn't enjoy talking to people. She always just seemed to be tolerating everybody all the time. Yeah, barely. Barely. <laughs> and at times, not at all. But she was also not du- not judgmental about anything. And I really liked that about the movie. There was no real scenes of confrontation. I mean, juxtapose that with the awkwardness that um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus had in Enough Said that we also recently watched and the awkward interactions that she had. And they were much more Hollywood, much more theatrical. And pushing at the comedy. Yeah, and there was also a little bit of meanness at some of the things that she was saying, which is something that you brought up during the podcast, specifically some of the comments that she made towards James Gandolfini. And in this film, 
kind of a similar awkwardness to this character, but she handles it in a much different way. It was interesting how it showed how her relationship with that awful family, how that feud developed, and how it developed without her helping it at all, really. She was, you know, in the same way that she didn't judge anybody, it's almost like she didn't judge because she didn't want to get involved with anybody. Yeah, that's right. And yet still, even though she took this totally passive view, I mean, she stood her ground. She wasn't going to be trampled on when they wanted her chair, but she, but she did not express any interest in any of them. And yet still this relationship, this negative relationship sprung up. And it just felt very authentic to how those kinds of, I don't know, tribal um, tensions can exist between a group of people and one or two groups of people. And how, you know, especially if it's against some, one person, how... It, it's often created without any wrongdoing on their part. Also, it's kind of the whole extrovert versus introvert. You got the feeling that this family were very community-based. They were very extroverted. They loved being around each other. They got their um, kind of recharged their batteries by being around other people. And she did the opposite. She was a complete introvert. She didn't want to see them. She didn't want to know them. She just wanted to sit there. When they came along in the first place, she was, you know, obviously quite unhappy about that. She just wanted her peace. So it's it's easy for, especially not so much, a, um, I guess both ways, I was going to say not so much an introvert to dislike or think that an extrovert is being rude, um, but frequently the other way around. Extroverts believe that introverts are being rude when really it's just their nature. It also was really good at showing how introverts are expert at noticing extroverts and extroverts are expert at not quite noticing introverts, <laughs> missing them. How much did you want her to give the, like, just put the doll back down on the beach? Well, the doll was the kind of weird barometer that told us where she was with her relationship with um, Nina. Yeah. And that was the most interesting relationship in the film. She took the doll away. Well, I mean, why do you think she took that doll away? Um, I think she did it unthinkingly at first. Certainly when she opens the bag in the car and she sees it there, she, there's a little bit of shock to her. I think it was just a, a reclamation of things that were lost um, during her youth. You think she just wanted to hold onto it for herself, not to cause Nina any pain or distress? Absolutely. Oh, see, I thought that there was a little bit of intention in it. Yeah, I did not. Maybe I missed that. Well, I think there had to be. She took it away because she saw this mother just enjoying her daughter so much, right? So there was already a little bit of just resentment and jealousy built up. She takes the doll away and then suddenly there's a problem between the mother and child, right? Because the child can't get over the missing doll. So when, when do you think she took the doll away? When the mother and the father were fighting? She took the doll away when the little girl went missing. It was around that same time. Yeah, it couldn't have been when they were fighting because when they noticed the little girl was missing, the doll was still there. Yeah. But don't you think they had that moment after... Olivia Coleman found Elena that um, she recognised in Nina what was happening. Yeah, and then she went to give it back. But, you know, there was a point where she went to give it back earlier than that and saw that Nina was having an affair. So it was almost like, oh, you have got it all. You are being a mum, but you're also being wild and being and doing whatever you want, being selfish. So actually, you can live with the screaming of your daughter. Do you know what I mean? Well, I do see what you mean. Because she tried to give that doll back a couple of times and it was always affected by what she saw and what she understood to be Nina's state. I did not um, 
pick up on any of that at all. That might have all just been in my head, but I thought it was pretty clear. <laughs> I thought it was um, she was replacing something that she had lost. She had a bad relationship with her own mother. Um, she had done that to her daughter, uh, daughters. She'd left them. Um, she had a doll very similar to that when she was a child. Well, I mean, if she'd wanted to give back the doll, but she could see it wasn't a good time because Nina was having sex with the local beach boy, she could have just gone home and then called her and said, I've got the doll. Her positions kept changing based on what she was seeing. Would you have given the doll back and admitted that you took it? Not if I was her. No. I would have planted it back on the beach and said that, oh, it just washed up. She underestimated or overestimated Nina Mm. and forgot that Nina actually came from a pretty low grade of people, a violent family. Yeah, I guess guess it's implied that they might have some kind of organised crime link. Yeah. Very powerful, very scary people. And like most of the time, I don't think Olivia Coleman was thinking much about other people because I think she was very much caught in her own feelings about what she was seeing. She became almost like a puppet who was in control of how Dakota Johnson felt at any given moment. She was doing it by like holding the doll back, finding um, the daughter. She, She was always in a position where she had some sort of power over Dakota Johnson and also where she was teaching Dakota Johnson stuff. At the end, Dakota Johnson uses the hairpin to stab Olivia Coleman, which was something that Olivia Coleman taught her. Yeah. I mean, even to the point that that last scene is set, uh, that last um, kind of confrontation between them is set in a place where Dakota Johnson is asking for the keys so that she can continue to have her affair. And that all comes down to, will she give her the keys? Is she nice enough to do that? Um, So, yeah, she's in control of a lot of situations there. I loved um, Ed Harris. Yeah, he's always good. I loved his character, um, how he saw the doll and didn't say anything. Yeah, and it was almost like, I guess he, he could or he couldn't. He probably won't, but eh. Or at least he didn't say anything and she hadn't come up with a story. She could have come up with a story if there was if there, if it was that important to her. But um, I think that she uh, trusted him enough. They'd opened up enough that night. There was one intelligent, fascinating scene after another. Mm. Every moment of the movie was unusual. It was a solid two hours and I was never bored. It was completely riveting. I just read that Maggie Gyllenhaal wrote the screenplay herself, adapted it from a novel um, that was written by an anonymous author. What a terrific film to have done. Nobody knows who wrote the book. No, the author's, I think, anonymous. That's interesting. So they have a pseudonym and I guess their identity is protected by the publisher. Hmm, okay. Mm. Mm, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so solidly on your list of the best films of 2021, I assume. Yeah, did you think J- Dakota Johnson was good? I did think she was very good, yes. Perfect for that role. It um, it called for a lot, but obviously, I mean, she was overshadowed a lot by Olivia Coleman. This was her movie. She was in every shot. Uh, I'm glad that the film didn't change perspectives. I was... A bit worried that it might at one point, but I'm really glad that it didn't because I just found Olivia Coleman so riveting throughout. Look, we could probably talk about it for another hour, but it's late and we need to go to bed. Yes. Everyone go and see The Lost Daughter. It's fabulous. And then come back and listen to this. Okay. Yes. Um, bit... That's sort of circular logic that I just said that, isn't yeah, it's it? It's a bit late because they would have already finished the episode. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Hope we didn't spoil it too much for you.
All right, what are you doing now? Bed. Like straight to sleep? No. What will you do? Watch? Uh, yeah, I don't know what though. Maybe probably South Park. Okay, well, enjoy South Park then. Okay, you too. I'm doing Golden Girls. Okay, you enjoy South Park. Okay, thanks. Mm. And you enjoy Golden Girls. Good night. Okay, good night. <laughs>